You're listening to a Glasgow Women's Library podcast. This is part of our 21 Revolutions programme, celebrating two decades of changing minds at Glasgow Women's Library. For more information on the library, our 21 Revolutions programme, or any of our other work, visit our website at womenslibrary.org.uk. I've always had a wonderful time at Glasgow Women's Library and really enjoyed the space. It feels a caring, warm, welcoming and fantastic place to do a reading in. Actually, I remember my very first reading at the library. It was all candlelit and warm and uh, I was doing a reading and my, my phone was in the in my bag which was in the audience and it went off and I knew it was mine but I felt too embarrassed to <laughs> to say and uh, so I thought I'd just ignore it and people were turning around and staring at this bag not knowing it was mine giving it um dirty looks and um, but then it was in those days when the phone kept ringing you back if you didn't if you didn't answer it so it, it went off a few times and eventually I had to admit that it was my phone to gales of laughter that was one of the first times that I did a reading there. And I remember before I'd even got to the Women's Library, I'd been told by my dear friend, Julia Darling, what a wonderful time she'd had at Glasgow Women's Library and how welcomed she'd felt. So it felt like I was going to a space where my friend had already been in. And uh, that was important and feels even more important uh, now to me. I really loved the idea of being asked to do this, take part in this 21 Revolutions project, uh, not just because of all the other exciting writers that have been picked, but because of the brief, as it were. Every every writer has different attitudes towards commissions, and sometimes you get commissions that feel like a chore or a duty or difficult to find the spark. But uh, a commission that involves using an archive is just about any writer's delight. And the difficulty is knowing what to choose. So I was really excited to see the model house made um, by women from India and Bangladesh and Pakistan uh, to remind them of the houses that they'd left. And it made me think of V.S. Naipaul's lovely statement that all landscapes exist in the imagination and how... When you've left a place, your homeland itself becomes kind of imaginary. And the building of this model house made it back into something actually quite concrete, something you could see before your very eyes. And the photographs are just so moving of the process because the women look happy, almost ecstatic and delighted. And even the the photographs of the undercoat painted onto the model house uh, were particularly moving. So I like the idea of of trying to replicate the the process of the house itself by doing an undercoat poem and then the poem itself overlaid. So this is Undercoat, Model House, Glasgow. You carry your home with you, always where your heart beats, And never a day passes without you turning that familiar key. And one day the old place moves, so it now seems imaginary, until you build it again in your mind, the rugs, the pots made of clay. Far, far away now, the high-rise flats, questions, endless forms, vouchers, dead ends, city streets, double-decker. The smile on your face is back, as you tenderly paint the wall, lay the small covers on tiny beds. If you were a doll, 
you would gladly rest a wee while, lift your raffia legs, smell the curry from the tiny bowl, taste the gingery taste of memory. No place you would rather go now than the place here in your head. No bed you would rather lie on than in your imagination. You see yourself grow small again, drinking at the well, then watch yourself grow tall again, remembering it all. And this is a poem that goes on top of that poem. Ah, this is Model House Glasgow. And in this poem, I tried to use words uh, that would remind people of the place back home. So I, I tried to use words that are unfamiliar to me, but that would be familiar to the woman who made the house. And uh, I like the idea of, of trying to do that, trying to pull it off. Carry your home in your head, your heart, and make it again with your mind's eye. Lay out the pandy, hang up the parda, look at your smiling face in the shisha. The patang, the balti, the baria, covers on the manji, brightly there. Home is what the heart remembers. Here you are, back safe, September. And the bue, kua, kari, everything is as it should be. You see the goat in the mal karma, and now you don't forget to remember. You build the ping, you climb the pore, you drill the window, you paint the walls, you hang your washing on the razzie. Nothing's been forgotten at all. I think writing is all about how we deal with time and how we deal with memory, and also how we deal with loss and Grief, in a sense, every writer has at their heart um, a process of, of dealing with the inevitability of your own death, your own mortality, and also the, the experience that you've had uh, of grief. I was really uh, moved to come across Ingrid McClement's papers in the library Ingrid was a friend of mine and I hadn't realised that her papers were kept in the library so I had this sense of wonder when I came across the papers. It was almost like the conversation between myself and Ingrid could continue through these papers and it made me think that the dead are still living as long as the living remember them and it made me think of Ingrid herself uh, continuing in a way through this poem. I was particularly happy to be able to send it to her daughter and her son and her sisters and for them to, to feel part of the poem in a way. I think of poems sometimes as being public as well as private and of their potential really to reach out hopefully beyond your own experience and into the experience of, of other people's, beyond your own direct experience. And I was struck in Ingrid's papers of how many of the things that were important to her, that she collected, her, all her papers on anti-racism, were close to my own heart. And it took me back to the days when I read Conditions 5, for instance. So it was a particularly wonderful experience that tinged with the a terrible sadness, of course, because of Ingrid not being with us. But I guess my poems 
task was to make her with us again. Ingrid McClement's Papers How strange to come across you, old friend, amongst your papers and newsletters, red rag and links, telewoman journals. You reappear, framed, folded, faded, open. Years back, sun out, suns playing in your garden, London. We didn't think we were pioneers, mums, lesbians. Years later, we bump into each other, Glasgow, outside Orrin Moor, me with my mum. She loved your hair. You laughed gamely. It's a wig, you know. We caught up on our sons, your daughter. And here you are once more, kind Highland face, looming through the gone years, that tilt of inquiry. In this archive you left behind, you might conjure me now, or some other woman in Glasgow Women's Library, going through your papers on racial equality in her lunch hour, as you devoured off our backs in yours. How you would have appreciated the oddity of my mum walking through the door of Orrin Moor on your funeral day and finding your sister there, as if some of the networked meetings of the living connect to the dead in the endless future. As if, old socialist, you're blessed with powers. How often would we like to bring the dead back? Tell them something they missed. Make them laugh. You are smiling, surely, and the sun is out today. So present are you here, old friend. My steps have followed yours into this sanctuary, this sacred place, up the stone stairs and through the open door to see you, colourful, old-style feminist, just there, passing it down. The grandchildren will meet you here. And in that poem, I refer to Glasgow Women's Library as a sanctuary and a, a sacred space. And that is to me very much what it feels like, a place where people can come in whatever states of mind they're in and get some kind of comfort from the huge endeavour that's gone into the place, the huge love that every librarian and archivist puts into the keeping of women's lives and records. I think Ingrid would um, just be very happy to know that she's that her records had been gone through and uh, she probably would be happy to have her poem. <laughs> I hope so anyway. I like to think of, of that. I think... I could have chosen any number of uh, things to write about in the Glasgow Women's Library archive. Uh, for a while I tried old knitting patterns and I couldn't find the voice uh, to try and recreate those characters. I, initially I was going to write a story. I had too much information almost about knitting and patterns and, uh, and I'd already written about, about knitting uh, in Shetland. So I couldn't get that going and there was a few other ideas that I had of things that I might find interesting and follow but I couldn't get the spark and sometimes that's an interesting process with, with writing, sometimes you can have too much information to let the poem through and sometimes it's a question of just finding that moment of ignition, that, that little 
spark or finding the tiny key in a sense. So when I saw the model house, I almost knew right away that I would find the tiny key that would allow me to go back to that little house and, and open it up and walk through. That's a process that I think is fascinating to the writer, something that you can't properly teach how to find the tiny keys that open up the, the imagination and how to try and find a way to to link a researcher, archive or experience with that much more mysterious thing of the imagination. Um, I found that I kept losing the, the files that I got sent because I'm not particularly brilliant with a computer. So Glasgow Women's Library, um, Adele or Laura or whoever would send me these files on Dropbox and then I'd find that I could, I'd lost them or I couldn't access them. So I think I was probably the most uh, stupid <laughs> of, the, of the writers in terms of losing the Dropbox. I'm now actually, I must say, in my own defence, perfectly uh, efficient and proficient with the Dropbox and uh, and quite enjoy going on and finding files there. Um, so that was that was quite an experience. That was probably my first introduction to to the Dropbox. Um, but I found that the librarians, all of you um, at Glasgow Women's Library, to be really, really helpful and patient and not to seem to get irritated with me asking for things to be resent again and again. So my general experience of the librarians there is that they care a lot and they take their time and they'll give you everything that you possibly could ask for as a writer to help you in that mysterious process of writing. So thank you, Glasgow Women's Library, for providing us all with such an absolutely fantastic sanctuary place to go. Thank you for downloading this free 21 Revolutions Glasgow Women's Library podcast. To find out more about 21 Revolutions, visit our website at womenslibrary.org.uk. There you can find out about the 21 women writers and the 21 women artists who have produced limited edition artworks available to buy from the library while stocks last. You can also find out more about what we do, why we are special and how you can support us. It's all online at womenslibrary.org.uk.